This is the Scots Bass Lessons Podcast and I am your host, Scott Devine. This podcast is brought to you by the Scots Bass Lessons Academy, the number one online learning platform for bass players that want to take their bass playing to the next level. Hey guys, how's it going? Scott here again from scottsbasslessons.com. Hope you're all doing great and hope you all had an amazing holiday as well. I had a great one. I did a load of hanging out with the kids. There is toys all over my house. Has anybody else got that problem with kids when you give them toys they or anything? In fact, it happened before kids. I think it's my wife. Every and every Christmas, we seem to get presents and they just seem to sort of like linger around the house. This is kind of showing a bit a bad side of my personality really, isn't it? I've got, I'm like super, super tidy. And my, uh, my wife is a, a clutter bug as I like to call it. She's a hoarder, you know, but uh, anyway, enough about that. Enough about my Christmas. Actually, just one more thing about my Christmas. I still haven't seen Star Wars. Can you believe it? I think this week is the week. I'll give you a, uh, a review of whether I saw it last week or this week, next week, when I uh, when I catch you in the next week's podcast. Anyway, we're here for episode, I think it's episode number seven of the Scots Bass Lessons podcast. And just before I go on, if you are listening to this on iTunes, I'll send you all my bass love if you subscribe and leave a review, as that helps get the word out about these interviews. And I really think there's so much to be learned from listening to you know great bass players, such as Marco, who we're listening to, to today. And I'll tell you a little bit about Marco in a minute. But these guys have done so much of what we're trying to do. You know, they've been on that journey. They've, they've walked the path that we're walking now. So there's no better way of learning how to, you know, get your bass playing to the next level than listening to great bass players such as these guys. So today we're speaking to the amazing Marco Mendoza. Now, Marco is just such a killer bass player. I actually first found him on YouTube and then looked into his background and it and it, it turns out he's played for White Snake and Ted Nugent, uh, right through to Thin Lizzy and he's playing in the Dead Daisies now. He's got his own trio. Who else? He plays with Richie Cotson from the Winery Dogs. So he's really involved in that in that rock scene. But like Marco has got a secret weapon. He's got killer jazz chops as well. In fact if you're listening to this anywhere other than scottsbasslessons.com, make sure you shoot over to the website, scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode seven, because in the show notes, I'm going to put some videos, or I have put some videos of Marco playing with his trio that you have to check out. He's playing a six string fretless. He's sing. he's a phenomenal singer and he's playing Higher Ground, the tune Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder. It will blow your mind. He is so good. I think in the middle of that tune, he goes into a weather report thing. He's just so, so good. So I really think you're going to enjoy this episode. And just a little bit before I go on as well, there's a little bit of background noise on this interview, and that's because we recorded it um, outside the baked potato. Marco, we were over in L.A., and Marco was playing down the baked potato. So he shot down there. It was, it was crazy. At one point, it looked like it wasn't going to happen actually because our schedule was so crazy, but we made it happen. We pushed through. And, and this interview that you're about to hear is, was just out the back of the baked potato. Now, if you've been to the baked potato, you know that everybody hangs outside the back. So you'll hear people walking by, but it's still a really, really great interview. If you are new to scottsbasslessons.com, you should shoot over to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash 
toolkit because there's some really cool resources there, totally free for you to download, like a baseline creation guide and what else is there? Backing track library, modes revealed mini course, stuff like that. And also remember, if you are an Academy member at Scott Space Sessions, you can watch the entire video version of this interview too. Now, if you're not an Academy member, just go over and check it out at scottspacesessons.com. You know the crack. In a nutshell, it's the best online learning platform for bass players in the world. The step-by-step courses, live seminars every week, the largest online bass educational community in the world, and heaps and heaps more. And on top of that, we have a 14-day free trial, so you can try out completely risk-free and take it for a test drive to see if it's your thing. Now, without further ado, let's get into episode seven with the one and only Marco Mendoza. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm here with the amazing Marco Mendoza. Oh, you're too kind. I met Marco out in Germany and then started checking out his stuff and was just absolutely blown away. Thank you, man. You know, I've just, like, seriously, like, you're... It was your fretless playing that just yeah. tore my face off, you know. And that you, you know, you're mixing the vocals in with what you do, yeah. And and then started researching, you know, what you've, you know, your career, and you have had a full on, full career, on. I've been so know. lucky and so tell, blessed. Tell the guys who you were. Oh well, well, let's see. I was born in 1906. <laughs> By 1925. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my story. I don't know. You know, uh, I like to think, and I. I I put a lot of emphasis on this because this is who I am today. Yeah. And not to rub anything on anybody's face or judge in any way, but um, I was, uh, my rebirth was in 1987 when I got sober. Yeah. September 20th at 3 o'clock. I was, um, I was pretty lost, man. Heroin, cocaine, IV, pills, alcohol, anything yeah. I could get my hands on. And I had had a little bit of a chance to come and check it out here in L.A., I was doing some some great auditions. I was, you know, auditioning. You were playing by this point, right? Yeah. I was playing. Yeah. But I wasn't part of the scene. But I was getting invited to audition some pretty big ones, like Lionel Richie, when he was, you know, it's huge. Yeah. To get auditions like that, you know, you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Lionel Richie shared to name a few, uh, many others. But um, so it was part of the scene. But I had the gorilla on my back. I had the. Yeah, yeah, the drug addiction yeah, and the yeah. alcoholism. Yeah, I had the ism that was kind of controlling my whole life, including my career, my plan, and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, let's just say I got consumed by it, and by the grace of God and divine intervention. Thank you. Well, absolutely, I'll, I'll, I'll take the. You know, I'll take that. <laughs> absolutely, in my life, uh, you know, I got spared. I yeah. was one of the what is it, two, three percent that make it out. Raise that yeah, two, three percent. So, um, my resolve was: I woke up. So all of a sudden you have another chance, another yeah. opportunity that you never thought you would have. And, and I did you enough, grab that by the horns? Yeah. I had enough friends in LA and I'm like, okay, I really love what I do. I love, it's such a gift playing music. It yeah. is, man. I think we forget. And was it with you through, like, throughout your childhood as well? Were you always into oh, music? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, going back a few years too, uh, I'm, I grew up in a musical home. My grandma was a piano teacher okay. and she came, my parents separated. My, my father uh, was a clarinet player, Benny Goodman, Big Ben, Glenn yeah, Miller. Oh, wow, wicked, wicked. It was played all over the house. And uh, and then my, when my my mother was a uh, uh, professional singer, cut a few singles in Mexico and they got on the charts. So you, were, you were seeing it all the time as a all kid. All the yeah, time. Yeah. And my grandmother was one of those moms that, that taught her kids, three kids, how to play an instrument, whatever it was, piano, singing, guitar. Good know. for her, man. Good, yeah. good idea. So... I owe 
you know, uh, a lot of my musical career, uh, my appreciation of music to her because and she was classically trained, so yeah. you learn a lot. Whether you realize it or not, you're rounded. You just suck it up, right? When you're yeah, kid, and yeah. your ear develops and you start learning about, you know, little things here and there. And, uh, and so, yeah, music became a big part of who I was, uh, and, and I needed it. After I got old enough, my dad surrounded us with instruments and amps. He was really cool, too. Uh, I think deep down he wanted to be a player. And you know how this business can be, it can kick you hard, and then, yeah, yeah. And then you're raising a family, and you're like, okay, I have to provide. So, so he, he probably saw something, you know, and you guys thought, you know what, this is a great opportunity for you. Yeah, and my brother and me, my daughter, my daughter, my sister was, uh, they were training her to be a classical, classically trained pianist, Yeah, and she's a few years younger, so I saw what, what she was going through, and to be honest, it scared me. Because it was too strict, it was too disciplined. She would put so many hours in every day. Yeah. And she was getting so good and amazing. But I would see it in her face and her eyes. She, she was. It was. It was, it was, it was torture. It was, yeah, it was tough work. Yeah. It was old school a way of teaching yeah, a kid yeah. with a ruler, the whole thing. God, that's not a C sharp. That's you know. Yeah, that. yeah, old school. And so I saw that, and then my father would come home and sit in front of the piano, and she would have to perform for him. Wow. So I'm like, you know, that ain't me. <laughs> I said, that ain't going to be me, man. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to do that. Hey, brother, how are you, man? Doing an interview. We'll talk in a minute. But uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, it was one of those things. The next thing that happened freaked me out, even though I was goofing around with when nobody was watching. I yeah. go in there and play around with like chicken foot triads. And, uh, <laughs> chicken foot triads. But, but, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know, in the with a piano and acoustic, or it, it was an upright. There's no way around it. People are going to hear what you're playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was, it was hard. The pressure was on. If somebody was in the house, I was like, somebody's listening. So this, it was stressful. Yeah. The next thing that happened is my brother got a guitar, an acoustic guitar. And guess what? I could take the guitar and go hide in some Yeah, yeah you could do it in your own time, in your own space. And it came with a book of chords, my own space, my own rhythm, my own time. And, and yeah, and I learned two, three chords, and I realized, wow, I can play this song, uh, House of the Rising Sun, Gloria, I can play that song, and I can play some CCR stuff yeah, yeah. with three chords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it became fun. And when so, did the bass come in? Oh, the bass came in later. So we had a little garage band uh, after a few years, you know, uh, maybe 15, 14, 15. And we started playing uh, in school dances and little family gatherings and yeah. all that. And then there was another band in our area that was, they were ahead, like two or three years ahead. They had yeah. transportation. Yeah. They had a PA, which was, wow, a vocal, <laughs> a sure vocal master. Yeah. With the two towers. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, way yeah, yeah. vintage. Old, yeah, old school, yeah. Old school speakers are huge. You know, and they had their logo on the van. And yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. wow, impressive. These guys were doing, still doing local gigs yeah. and, and local school gigs. But they were, they had a, a reputation, a bit of, you know, a bit of a name. And they were great players, a few years older. So they were a little more advanced. And so they approached me. Their bass player left. Um, and this is all in Tijuana, Mexico, yeah, south yeah. of the border from here, two hours away. And uh, so their bass player left uh, the town, and uh, they needed a bass player. 
and they approached me you can tell by then I was already singing and they really I was going to say yeah if anybody listening as well Marco is an extremely extremely talented vocalist thank well. you brother thank super you. super good thank you I don't think I've ever took myself serious and I still don't but I love to sing let's just say yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, uh, whenever I can I do uh, but uh, so they wanted a singer because two of them sang and they did a lot of cool stuff with harmonies and, okay yeah, yeah. And in those days, it was like very cool. They was touching on Three Dog Night and, and CCR, and then they were doing uh, Grand Funk Railroad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was just my, you know, I was up there. And so it became challenging, but I learned the five or six songs that they gave me to learn. Within a week, I auditioned and played, and I must have done something right because I got the gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between you and me, I felt like they just needed somebody. <laughs> But it was okay. I've been in that situation a lot. Right. You know, yeah, and, it's how you get the foot, your foot in the door. You, you know? get the foot in, and then, oh, wow, the gig's in two weeks, so I got to work. Then you start learning, yeah? And I still do to this day. So yeah. I, I, honestly, I mean, that's the hardest part of the whole process is getting new music in front, and especially in the genre that I'm really busy with, the rock yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, there's no thing as... At rehearsal, maybe, bringing notes and all that, but it's, you start learning to memorize lyrics and... And so I started back then, memorized, and became such a game, a, a challenge. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, because uh, the better I got, the, the music got heavier and harder, and it's harder to memorize this stuff. Yeah. Especially when I don't have any training or very little uh, on the job training. So. You yeah, know, you so, kind of sort of like worked out on your own along along the way. Exactly. So that's homegrown. What <laughs> yeah, homegrown. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I played and played and played, and shortly after I got I got recruited by this national band that was touring so that's what it, that was the you know I went from my my band with my brother to this other band that was a little uh, further along and then I got noticed again the singing yeah uh, and, and the bass playing and then uh, I got recruited by this band that was already touring big big tours and that's in, the, in Mexico and is that when the sort of like you start that's when it really started happening yeah. well I had to quit school they yeah. approached me and they said you know this is what it is and this is a band that's got two albums in the can and so you know now we're talking national yeah exposure. things are working things are working <laughs> and what was cool about them is that they were doing progressive rock yeah, yeah, yeah. a la King Crimson a la Yes oh so the good yeah 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 and, and so yeah it was it was again very challenging but uh but I took the horn by, you know, I mean, the bull, the bull by, by the, the, the horn, horn by yeah, the bull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, when, and when, like, when did things start kicking off in LA? Is and you know, when um, really that was happening? a long process. Um, I got married. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I got married when I met when I started working with that band. Very young, I was sixteen. Yeah, and I had two kids, and um, work started slowing down in Mexico. So I came. I'm a U.S. citizen. I was yeah. born in San Diego. So some friends called from another band that was working five, six, seven nights a week in San Diego at Ritual. Oh, fantastic. And they recruited mm -hmm. me again because they were doing the four letterman, they were doing four part harmonies. I mean, it was really cool. Really interesting stuff, yeah, yeah. And it was, so, so long story short, every situation I came on, it was like going to school, yeah. on the job training because you had to either step up and deliver or pass or it on to somebody else. Or you were going to lose the job, right? Yeah. And so, and especially when you've got kids, you need to 
<laughs> you know, you need to, you need to step up and keep working. Absolutely. So, um, so that's what it was. I did San Diego, and by then I developed a, a real strong habit with drugs and alcohol because I was very young. Yeah, I was exposed to to all was it of just this. The scene back there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and back at, that was in 1935, I guess. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but uh, back then, man, there was a lot going on. Yeah. A lot of you know, part of the scene was the partying, yeah, the drugs yeah. and the yeah. alcohol. Yeah. And there was no manual to kind of prepare you for, okay, you're going to go on the road, and this is these are 10 points that are yeah, going to happen, yeah, so yeah, prepare yeah. yourself for this, prepare yourself for that. that, and if you choose Side to do that. that's the situation, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I fell into every hole, and, and I found myself really strung up. Um, I went from San Diego, I got recruited also from other bands. By then, I was functioning. I, I decided to get into the jazz thing. I had this passion to learn more and more and more, and I was kind of stagnant doing 40, you know, top 40 games top 40 and, gigs and, stuff and, and parties yeah. and all that. And I was playing and I was singing, but I, there was nothing challenging. So I think I got used to that. I think that's one thing that really stands out about you because you're predominantly known for, well, other than your trio, which is just face melts and you're good. Thanks. But, you know, like you're predominantly known for, for playing with great rock bands. Yeah. You know, but you've got incredible jazz chops as well. Uh, some, you know, I mean... Uh, Man, you the, can uh, get around, you know. I, I can get around uh, <laughs> a, a, a little bit of a vocabulary there vocabulary but it's very limited and and that came from I decided to do those three years of just real book I got I would get calls yeah to do real book gigs and you show up with a stand and a little 15 inch amp those are the best right. days for yeah me, it really uh, I really learned so much, man. Showing well, up, to, you can, you showing can, up you to gigs where you'd never played with these guys. I was going to say, if there's one way, what, one way to sort of you know learn your instrument and learn the fret body, some real book gigs really get you there. Exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, and everybody was, Hi, man. I'll be with you in a minute. Um, and um, so yeah, I, another you know I got to give credit to all these guy, guys because they saw that I was thirsty and hungry. Yeah. And some of the guys took time to kind of because you show knew, you show you the stuff. You know, you know, and um, and so I learned a lot of shortcuts. But what got me working again is that I could sing standards. Right. Okay. Yeah, so they yeah, could yeah. keep a trio as opposed to quartet. The money was a little better. Yeah. Da. Everybody's happy. And you know, <laughs> you know, fly me to the moon and la la You know all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and I really enjoyed it. So that got me working. I all of a sudden st- uh, got into another level. I was going to Vegas, doing big showrooms there, yeah, yeah, clubs, yeah. and and then I ended up in New York, man. When wow. This is when the Jocko thing was going on, and I got to go to Florida. And, and did Jocko have an influence on you absolutely. when you got there? I, yeah. I, I don't know anybody that... I don't know a lot of people, a lot of bass players, other than the new, new kids, the new, yeah, new yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even those, the real players, would admit to the fact that they... I mean, it's it's mind-blowing what he accomplished. Yeah, it's, yeah. He opened, you know, that Pandora's box for for bass players to play melodies and com- composition and his energy and, and his chops. It was like, wow, all yeah. this knowledge, you know. And uh, so, yeah, he was very inspirational, along with a lot of other cats. Who else are your influences? Uh, I, I have to say, man, and I hope I get to meet him one day, Paul McCartney was my first guy. Really? Yeah. 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 Paul McCartney, Abbey Road, was the first album that I got, first vinyl that I got. And I put it on the turntable, and it just, bing, opened Blue the door. Up, yeah. And then, what is it, 30-something years later, I'm here. It's like, that's what it was. Yeah. And and I think uh, the attraction was that he was singing. 
Yes, and the, the bass lines, the, bass, the yeah. melodies going under the melody, and it was like that's very challenging. Yeah, you know, yeah, to yeah. kind of divide here. So I think way back when is when I started learning about the you know the dividing yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I started, and like I tell a lot of bass players, because I I have a lot of friends that want to start singing. My son, you know, I'm like at him. <laughs> Just learn a simple song, man. Anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. anything. Be patient with yourself. And once you crack that door open, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. sing and play, man, you know. And so that's what happened when I got to L.A. I was sober. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things happened along the way, but... Um, and you said when you first got to L.A. as well, or when, when, you, when you first got sober, you were, that's when the sixth string happened from the... Yeah, you t- tell everybody. That was one. Uh, the first gig I ever went to, I was in Orange County getting sober, and uh, uh, they would allow you to go out from the treatment place. Yeah. And, and I heard Chikoria, and I had to go. Chikoria Herbie Hancock. It was like, oh, I have to do this, man. Yeah. And uh, I went, and it was mind-blowing. It was Gambali, Weckl, and, and Patatucci. That looked, let's just say my tickets weren't that good, but from a distance, it looked like a, I don't like, I don't know, man. It was like a, like a plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, flying, man. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. His Yamaha, I think yeah, it was the, his Yamaha. Yeah. Uh, or maybe the Ken Smith back then. It was, it was after the Ken Smith. It was, oh, was it, it the was Yamaha. Yamaha. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're right. That's right. Yeah. Shortly after he went out. Yeah. It was the Ken Smith and what he was playing was just mind blowing, uh, you know, inspirational. And it kind of cracked the door open. It was, the seed was planted. And by then, I was starting to play again with a four string. Yeah. Only had a four string. Yeah. And uh, started doing gigs and local gigs here in LA. But then I remember exactly, I, was, I did a gig with Kenny Lee Lewis, who's now working with uh, Steve Miller. He's been there. Okay, yeah, yeah. And we would do a lot of local gigs. And we went to have dinner somewhere or a, a, a bite after the gig. And I heard this beautiful melody, man. And you could tell right away that it was fretless, and the, the melody, the, the frequency, it was like, it was like the guitar playing on the E and the A string be beyond the 12th fret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would stay there. It was like that frequency, that very cool. A vocal-like almost. And I go oh, yeah. and find out what it was. It was Elaine Caron. Oh. Yusef. Yeah. Whoa, Yusef, man. Like, that blew my mind when I used to have tapes, you know, back in the day. I've had tapes, all the Yusef tapes. I used to listen yes. to in the car all the time. I actually had a long... Long drive with the Lion Karen once yes. down to Manchester Airport, but that's another story. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, fantastic player, yeah. When I put my trio boom, together, boom, I boom, realized, boom, boom. yeah, yeah, I realized what it was uh, when I saw Patatucci, which just wouldn't move from certain positions, and he would cover so much ground, Benatinho. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Uh, Renato Neto, he's playing with the trio. Oh, wicked, wicked. From Prince. Anyway, uh... So I noticed that they could cover a lot of ground, let's just say that, yeah. without moving. Without so moving. I kind of, that's one of the reasons why I decided to go there, because I would sing a lot. I was singing a lot then. And you could... And the four... Yeah. Uh, you know, it was really hard to, to go from octave to octave and do figures up here, and it really messed with my singing. This so you got a lot of to, range in one area. Yeah, and, and you'll notice uh, it becomes very apparent when I play with the trio, because I can cover a lot of ground. But uh, So... Uh, yeah, man, the six string came about, and uh, I and don't then, spend enough yeah. time with it. I I got to tell you, I pulled it out two hours ago to, to sound check, and it's like I love it. Is it home? It's home. Yeah, yeah. This is home. You know, for some reason, I I found my niche. Yeah, and, and it has nothing to do with the amount of strings or all that. It's just 
I feel at home. It's simple. It's instinctual. I don't think about it yeah. too much. The 34 scale. Yeah, ESP, this is, let's talk about this actually. ESP so. built this one. It's just amazing. Okay, They're building some beautiful stuff. And, uh, and it's a super thin body, isn't it? Super yeah. thin. I, I like I like to be able to feel the base against my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the contour is kind of like yeah. under my left under your rib cage. Breast, rib yeah, cage yeah, yeah. right here. Because you can feel you can feel the I actual feel resonance the against yeah. yourself. Yeah. So yeah, they're doing a beautiful job, man. EMGs, active, you know, nine volt. And uh, this, we're talking about possibly making it available. I have a, a four-string coming out. Oh, really? Yeah, so things go out well, as well. Uh, pretty soon, before NAMM show. This is what October. It is October. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. This I'm will be, be an this will be like um, available, built to order for cats that want to play around with it. I have a few friends that want it. A few. And have you got any tips for you know for fretless players? Uh, There'll be a lot know, of fretless players, sort of like, and it's one of those things that I get asked about a lot. It's like, oh, you know, is it, is it a big deal going to fretless? What advice would you give to players? The mind is so powerful, man. All I want to say is I really enjoyed the tone, and I couldn't, I couldn't achieve that tone on a fretted four yeah. string. So I got, I remember it was a 69P bass, and that's when I did all my jazz those on years. The P, yeah. The, yeah, the straight ahead stuff. And, uh, all I would say is, you know, if you're if you're really busy playing, bring the fretless. This is and, and tell me if you agree. Peer pressure can make you or break you if yeah, you let yeah, it. Yeah. I was that kid that I would let peer pressure uh, dominate. Okay. Yeah. So human nature is like fretless. What are you doing with the fretless bass? You're not gonna ever. You're never gonna. Ah, you're gonna be out of tune. And yeah, yeah. Click. Yeah. I I record that. So I started not listening when I got sober. It was part of my resolve. This is just what I really want to do. Yeah. This is what I really want to do. And all this would happen around me, and I would let it go. Just let it bounce off of you. But you have to invest some time. Yeah. There's a lot of tricks. Playing in the dark, intonation. Yeah. You know, if you if you have in your repertoire of songs that you really know inside and out, you can play anywhere without even looking at the film. Yeah, yeah. Play those songs on the fretless. And always, to this day, I remain on the 34 scale for that reason. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Every time people, you know, try the 35, it's interesting for the low B and this, yeah. But I've tried it, and it, it involves another way of thinking. And I'm off. Off, off, off. And I'm trying to say, it's like, no. You just, your body's got used to that muscle memory. You know, your muscle memory got used to 34. This, this scale. Yeah, 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 yeah. 34. So stay consistent, you know, with the instrument uh, and spend a lot of time with it uh, and go easy on it. Be patient. That's something we don't have about ourselves, unfortunately, most of the time. I want everything now, right? Like, oh, no. I, think I want to play like Scott now. I think that's the, you know? the, uh, the, the time we're living is, is like that as well. It's getting more like that because everything is really instant. Yeah. Instant coffee, instant breakfast, instant plan, instant chops. And la, it's not la, instant, la. is it? And it's you know, not. It's a it's slow not. burn. And I'll tell you, it's all those years I remember to this day. Uh, you know, putting hours when nobody's there in the room. It's just you and your instrument and the yeah. music and you're chopping away. That's what I think about. It's like, yeah. wow. It gives me so much pleasure still. After so many years. It's like and you always discover new ways. Music is like that, right? Yeah. I think you'll yeah. agree. Oh my I didn't deny it. It's you're always learning, developing and all that. 
And I've gotten into the groove where I'm, I'm playing a lot of rock and roll, and I'm so happy. I'm playing with yeah. some of the best cats on the planet. I know, it's massive bands, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then there's a job that i got to do as a bass player in those genres and, the, and those you know situations. So I embrace that. Yeah. When, I got, when I got a chance to, to you know audition for Scott, uh, Scott Gorham and Brian yeah. Downey and Darren Wharton and John Sykes with Thin Lizzy. Yeah, I did my homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I I, I, I got everything I could that Thin Lizzy released, videos and then some. Yeah, and I realized that I couldn't achieve that tone without the pick. So I started chopping on the pick, and yeah. to this day, it's helped me so much. So uh, you know, that's that's something that's that's come in handy. I, I kind of like take a few steps back and. Okay, what is this? What's concerned here? What, what's my job here? Yeah, you're all, a trio, a quartet, yeah, quintet. Yeah. You you're approaching to... things differently, and it's a conscious decision, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, white snake, four string. Yeah, Neil recording everything on four string, and Bob Basie yeah. was doing all that four, four string. And then certain situations came up before the show where we had to transpose on the spot. So I said, "No, nah, let's just go to the five. Yeah, so I brought yeah. in the five, yeah. and it made my life. Easy. A lot easier, yeah. No brain gymnastics. Yeah, and and uh, because for a few gigs it was hard, man, trying to tune everything down, trying to get the, the right gauge, and, and yeah, 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 sure. it's wood, man. It's not going to adjust. So, yeah, you bring the right tools for the right job. Have a good attitude. Most of all, and I see that in your your lessons, man. Have fun. You got to have Damn fun. Damn right. Damn right. It's so it's so true. And if you get to the point where, my opinion, if it's too much. It's okay. Walk away from yeah. it and come fresh and put the time in. Uh, I I come across a lot of situations like that musically that I have, have certain chops and I can't get that phrase and I can't get those four bars and then you know, leave it. Come back. You come back to it another day. Yeah. yeah. And I break it down and I get it. You're patient with yourself, you know. But uh, but I got to tell you this trio tonight, and I think you're gonna I was going to I was going to ask you now, like this trio. Tell people about this trio. It's so fun because it's been going a while, haven't you? We I started I, I started back to when I got to LA. I started getting busy, but there was still a lot of downtime, and I was so thirsty and so hungry that I, you know, what are you going to do? Three weeks, okay? The album's done, the tour is done. What do you got? Three weeks, you need an nothing. Outlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah! And I had all this energy yeah. and focus, you know. And uh, and was the trio born out of that? Yeah. Yes. I yeah. started going to all these restaurants here on Ventura. Literally, yeah. I would go to the restaurant. And some people knew me, some people didn't. didn't matter. I was hungry. didn't matter. And I would approach a manager and say, listen, I'm so-and-so, and I sing, and I play, and I could come here and play a little bit. You know, you don't have to pay us. Yeah. I'll yeah. come and play, and we'll have fun, and... You want to try it? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Friday night, it's packed. Yeah, Nobody's yeah, going to care yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So that's how my, my trio um, got started. And where can people find out about what you're doing? Um, go to MarcoMendoza.com, of course, yeah. and the TheDeadDaisies.com, which, yeah. is, which is an Fantastic amazing... Band. You've just got off tour with them, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, we just yeah, finished yeah, yeah. in New Zealand and Australia with Kiss. Yeah. We did Kiss all of, all of the summer. We have a new album, Revolution, that we started. That's another interview. <laughs> we need a couple hours that's part two yeah part two that was that was started in Cuba we went to Cuba man we were like one of the first bands to make it to Cuba with the blessing you know yeah, uh, from yeah, the yeah. government US yeah. and, and Cuba and through the proper channel it was insane oh, man. Was it was like clave all the way yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that. 
<laughs> Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, wow, <laughs> And the food was great. Uh, so, yeah, go to MarcoMendoza.com, uh, TheDeadDaisies.com. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, oh, brother. I thank love what you're doing. Oh, thank you, This man. guy's doing some cool stuff. I'm, I'm serious. You Every are. time I go in, <laughs> seriously, it's amazing. I, my hat's off. Dude. Much respect, brother. You're Keep awesome. on keeping on. Okay? Ladies and gentlemen, Marco Mendoza. We'll see you soon. Bye. Wow, what a, uh, what a cool guy. Thanks for listening to that, guys. And a huge, huge thank you to Marco. He's a top, top guy, and I'm just so chuffed that he uh, he came and hung out with me that day and and let us interview him. It was a really, real honour to to hang out with the bass player such as him. Now, again, I know I said it earlier, but go over to scottbasslessons.com forward slash episode seven because you've got to check Marco out playing. I've put some videos in the show notes of this episode for you so you can check them out there and also i've put all the links to the the stuff that he was talking about his website his facebook and other things like that of his bands um so you can check them out as too so go to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode seven and remember if you're an academy member you can watch the entire video version of this interview and if you're not already an academy member go grab your 14-day free trial now just go to scottsbasslessons.com and get hooked up with that it's the best place to learn bass online right now. In fact, it's the best place ever because all the best teachers in the world are teaching there. It's amazing, actually. Guys like Ed Friedland, Danny Mo Morris, Todd Johnson, Zoltan Dekany, um, Damien Erskine, uh, Rufus Philpott, Ariane Cap. The, the list goes on. They're all in the Scots Bass Essence Academy and we're doing live weekly seminars. It's the full nine yards. Anyway, so who have we got on next week? Well, next week we've got the one and only Juan Alderetti, who is the, well, was the bass player for the Mars Volta and a ton of other people as well. He actually, the first time I heard Juan was when, when he was playing with Racer X back in the eighties with Paul Gilbert. Uh, God, I love the eighties. I love eighties films, guys. I've got to tell you, The Goonies is one of my favorite films. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be a great, great episode next week. If you're into pedals or effects or anything like that, you've got to check the episode out that's coming next week because Juan is the man to listen to on that kind of stuff. So other than that, take it easy. And as always, I will see you in the shed. <laughs>